One thing is to say, I'll die for them. Another thing is to be dying and say, I think I don't want to die again. I, I'm, I changed my mind. But he was integral in his decision. He was consistent in his decision. And when he found himself in Gethsemane, that's the place Jesus was praying. There was a part of Jesus that said, God, if, it, if it's possible, pass this. I don't want to do this. But his integrity told him, but wait a minute, not my will be done. Your will be done. And he endured the cross and the suffering of Calvary. So when I think of Christmas, I think of humility. When I think of Christmas, I think of integrity. And the last point they mentioned, when I think of Christmas, I think of passion. Passion. Integrity took him to the cross. But passion kept him in the cross. Integrity put him in the cross. But his passion said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Passion. And so that's what Christmas is to us. Christmas is not an obese white man with a white beard and a red suit. Christmas for us is that God became human. And he became human to give us the greatest gift we could ever have, which is the gift of salvation. You know that when we think of Christmas, we think about the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus. We see Christmas, we see a little baby wrapped up in clothes and he's up in a manger. And, and that's our image. But Christmas, the birth of Jesus is the physical manifestation of what Christmas really is. Let me tell you what Christmas is. Christmas is the result of God's righteousness. Christmas is the result of God's judgment. Christmas is the result of God's righteousness. Why is that so? Why did Jesus come to the world to be born? He had no reason to be born. He's God. He was born to die. He was born because there was a judgment pending on you and pending on me. So Christmas is not about jingle bells. Christmas is about God's judgment was on you and I. And the only way God's judgment could have been appeased and God would now be able to see us back the way he saw us before we failed, he needed someone to take your place because you can pay your price. There's a word in the Greek called agorazo. And, and the, Greek, the word agorazo is, is Paul uses it when it talks about slaves. Agorazo means to be bought out of a slave market. Slave market. Because, because of sin. Everyone in this room, we were slaves to sin. We were slaves to sin. And this term agorazo means that somebody, because every year, every year, they had like a, like a, 
like a, what do you call that? Like, like a, like a, una subasta. An auction. Every year, every year they had an auction. Because in the times of the Bible, Rome had a lot of slaves and, and all these people had slaves. So they would have a slave auction. And all the people with money would go to this auction looking for the best slaves. And then you had slaves that would work the field. You had slaves that would work the house. You had slaves that would work in the palace. You had slaves that would work in farms. So depending your posture and your status and your pulchritude, you will serve as a slave. And every year there was, a, there was an auction. So people will come with money and say, oh, I want that big guy over there. I want him. He's going to be carrying load. Oh, this little flimsy skinny one? Yeah, he's going to a little feather and fan the, the, the wife and, and put grapes in his mouth. That, that, that's how they used to do it. So they would go to an auction to buy slaves. Let me submit to you that in the spirit world, Paul uses the word agorazo when it, came, when it comes to how we were from a spiritual perspective. We were all slaves. And you know what Jesus did when he was born? Jesus literally stepped down from heaven, came down to the earth, and he went to the slave market called the world. But the thing is, because we all sin, our master is the devil. So the devil had control of every one of us because of sin. And here comes Jesus, walks into the slave auction, and he tells the devil, hey, I want to buy everybody in the planet. And the devil is saying, you can't have them because they're mine. I'm the master of this world. And because I'm the master of this world, they belong to me. And by the way, riches and gold is mine. You forgot when I told you, if you bow down before me, I'll give you the riches of the world. The money is mine. Fame is mine. And I control everybody, and I got all the money in my hands. And so, 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 you can't buy them with money because I got money. But Jesus says, I ain't coming to buy them with money. I got a better currency. And the currency I'm coming to buy them with, listen, the currency I'm going to use to buy them off from you is my blood. My blood. So when Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, you know, we see him all sad and we cry and we watch the passion of the Christ and we get emotional. And yes, obviously, yes, there's a sacrifice there. But at the cross, you know what was happening? A business deal was going down at the cross. Jesus' blood was, the, was the, 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 fill, the signing off the contract. But in order for Jesus to die and set us free, he needed to be born. So his birth Jesus was only born to die. That's why he came to the world. That's why when we celebrate Christmas, it's not about, a, it's not about three gifts and three, and three wise men and, and a star. All that is nice. But when we look at Christ, we have to see he was born to die. But not just to die, to die for you and to die for me. So when I think of Christmas, I think about sacrifice. When I think of Christmas, I think about everything he gave. When I think of Christmas, I think of the God of the universe. <laughs> the God of the universe. Who created everything and everything that exists, 
only exists because he's sustaining it in his hand. I want you to see it. He's sustaining it in his hands. And then while he's sustaining it in his hands, he becomes smaller than that. And then he lives in the thing that he's sustaining with his hands. This is why the incarnation, this is why Jesus being born is one of the greatest revelations and mysteries. How could a God that everything that exists is in the palm of his hands, he then reduces himself to being a microscopic piece of thing in the in scope of cosmos and then lives in the world he created. And while he's living in it, he's also sustaining it. And while he's living in it, the sun has to go up because Jesus says, let there be the sun. And he does all that for you and for me. So what is Christmas? Here's what's crazy about the story of Christmas. That when Jesus was being born, Augustus Caesar had put a decree. This is Luke, and you read it at some time. Augustus Caesar put a decree that everybody had to go back to their native land for the census. And they had to go pay taxes. And so G G uh, Joseph and Mary went back to Bethlehem because that's the city where Joseph was from because he's from the lineage of David. And he goes in, and when he gets there, obeying the law and paying his taxes and doing his thing, and while he's in the process of, of, of coming back to Bethlehem, there was no place. All the hotels were booked. All the motels were booked. I'm talking about all of the motels. Even, even, the, even the bootleg ones, you know, Motel 8, you know, uh, 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 you know, all of them. And all of them, all of a sudden, Joseph, Jesus, in Mary's womb and Mary. They have no place to live. They have no place to spend the night over, spend the night in. Nowhere to, nowhere to stay. And I don't know if it was because of the taxes or because of the journey. But all of a sudden, she begins to have labor pains. How many of you know when you, when you got to pay your taxes, you feel like having a baby, right? And while, 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 while they're trying to pay their taxes and get a place to stay at, all of a sudden, Mary's water break. And there's nowhere to put Jesus at. And Joseph is knocking at the door. Hey, hey, I need a place to stay. And everybody's saying, no. And all of a sudden, they come to this dwelling place and it's called a, a motel and the innkeeper says there's no room here the only place we have is is this thing called the manger and 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 the manger is where we have the cows and the and and the oxen and the sheep and the goats so if you want to if you want to crash the night and spend the night there then that's on you and it was under those conditions that the Savior and the God of the universe was born. Some of us, some of us, when we drop off our kids to the daycare, if there's a fly on the wall, no, no, we're not, clean it, I'm coming back. I'm going to call BCW. Right, 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 right. We would never have our children surrounded by goats and dogs and animals. Never. It's not hygienic. It's unclean. I, I, I need you to see it because that's the condition. The God of the universe was born to save you, to save me. I want you to, do you smell the goats? Do you smell the oxen and the sheep? And let me tell you, 
when a goat had to go to the bathroom, he didn't ask permission, and there was no toiletries, and there was no bathrooms. When a goat had to go, the goat will go, and he went wherever he went, and if you didn't like it, take it with the goat. The stench of urine, the stench of feces, flies, mosquitoes, insects, a cold night. Everybody has a place to sleep except Mary and Joseph. And it is in that process that Jesus comes to the world. I mean, the, the altar call's already done, right? So I'm about, about to shift to altar call right now. And sometimes, sometimes we don't let God in our hearts because we say, no, is it my heart? My, uh, my life is too jacked up right now. Let me clean it first, and then you come in. It don't get no dirtier than Jesus being born around animals. And life came, hope came, salvation came in the most gruesome, ugliest, disgusting, unhygienic place in the planet. And if he did that there... He can do so many great things in your life and in your family. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. And I close. I'm done. We're going home. No, we're not. We're going home, but we're not. Here's the deal. We can't put on our no vacancy sign Monday through Saturday. Oh, Jesus, you can come. You can come to church from 11.15 to about 11.30 because I got I to gotta go at the Chinese P.F. Chang. I got to go. But, 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 but from 11.15 to 11, 1 o'clock, Jesus, you are welcome in this place. Jesus, come have your way. But once service is over, we turn on the no vacancy sign. All right, Jesus, you stay over there. I just, I just needed a little fix in church. And I'll see you again next Sunday when I flick up the light switch. I turn it off and I give you back access into my life. Jesus, I don't want you in my heart because my heart and my life is so jacked up. And, and I don't want nobody to know. Let me tell you, Jesus is not disgusted by your situation. He's disgusted by your rejection. So, 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 so bring Jesus in your family. Bring Jesus in your home. Bring Jesus in your situation. And let the Savior of the world do what he came to do. He came to die for you so that you can live for him. He came to give his life for you so that you can embrace everlasting life. And so that's 1% of what I wanted to say today, but God already spoke and people got saved and the church is encouraged, so give God a hand, praise. I'm done preaching.